Good morning and welcome to Breakfast with Ben. Father Ken here. I am so glad that you have taken time out of your day to spend a little bit of time with us. Wit is here with me and I'm really excited to be able to discuss some of the, the spoilers that are coming out in this next set. We have Dominaria starting this week with lots and lots of spoilers that are affecting a number of different cards throughout the format. I'm so glad that you've taken time to join us today. Wit, how are you doing? Doing good. Um, I think you'll be proud of me. Uh, last night, I, I I accomplished something very, very awesome. I mm. finished reading the Mistborn series. I find, I got done with the third book finally. Oh, wow. That's yeah. kind of cool and exciting. Yeah, it was... Um, it was an amazing book. Loved it. And for those who have not read the Mistborn series by Brandon Sanderson, uh, totally read it. It's awesome. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I've been at football practice the last week and I am tanned. I am out of breath and generally sweaty and yeah, gross. <laughs> it's, it's just life right now. You know, you wake up at 6 a.m., you get the you get out to the practice field by 7.30, and you just run and run the kids and teach and encourage them, and it's great. I absolutely love it. I mean, thankfully, you're built for that, so. Uh, yeah, that's true. I, I actually did conditioning with our big guys today, and uh, I have to admit, I was the slowest one out there. Yeah, well, still, though, like I've seen pictures of you. You don't rock a dad bod. You like totally rock a Chad bod. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate appreciate the, the, the encouragement. I I just haven't run in forever. And so it's it's taken a little bit of time. And I'm, I'm hoping to continue this and continue to get in a little bit better cardiovascular shape because it's really, really important for my powerlifting. So. His ultimate weakness using his lungs. Yes, that's very true. The good part, though, is we're in the middle of spoiler season again. And I, I don't know. I enjoyed having a month off of spoilers. Uh, I kind of wanted around Christmas, though, just so I can enjoy more time with my family instead of trying to keep up with magic. But having a month off between July and August seem pretty good. We haven't had any spoilers in like a month. It's been great. Yeah. And today they just went full blast on us. It, it went from like, okay, we got nothing to, all right, unleash Here's the fire 44 host. cards. Here's yeah, 44 40, cards. Go. 44 cards, a whole new, uh, the lineup for the next year, um, stuff about Doctor Who, Lord of the Rings. I mean, you name it, they pretty much hit us with everything. And a lot of it is, is like surprise stuff, like stuff you didn't expect. The most surprising thing to me is that Johnny betrays the, the crew. Done. The, the super no. team is destroyed by a Johnny. Well, I, I, I don't yeah. get it. Yeah, he's a sleeper agent. Um, cause I yeah. think during the bro uh, broadcast, they said that he, the Phyrexians got to him at some point and he's showing up you know, acting all like, Hey, I'm your friend. So uh, yeah, whatever <laughs> you said, you sound depressed. Well, all right, we'll, <laughs> we'll get into a Johnny in a little bit. That being said, we're leading into a really, really interesting time with magic. We're looking at Dominaria United this fall, then the brothers war quickly thereafter 
during the winter, Phyrexian. Where are we going in Phyrexia? Uh, I think it's the planet for. I'm not entirely sure. I mean, because I think I'm guessing that's like the planet Phyrexia, which was previously Mirrodin. So, because the last time we were in uh, Mirrodin uh, was the set New Phyrexia, which Phyrexians won. They uh, they kicked some butt. Yeah. Then March of the Machine, March of the Machine, the aftermath, Wilds of Eldrain, and Lost Caverns of Ixalan. <laughs> I'm going back to Eldrain, folks. And here and we are. Going- and we're going back to Ixalan, which okay. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I think Eldrain's actually one I'm somewhat excited on. I thought that was a that's a great set. So going back to that world is actually nice. I wasn't a huge fan of Ixalan, but you know, we'll we'll talk. We'll you know when we get more information about those sets, we'll we'll hit those up more. But for those who don't know, you know, we're about to do lots of Phyrexian stuff, which we're actually having three sets that have, that wrap around Phyrexia. Um, yeah. and then we have, uh, then we got Eldrain and then we got Ixalan. So a lot of interesting stuff coming up for next year. And they said, this is just the basic lineup. So yeah. but in the meantime, though, we've got Dominary United coming up here. So and let's talk about some of those cards. Yeah. The spoilers have been absolutely amazing. Liliana of the veil is coming back for this. Um, yeah. I got contacted by three different people who are Boomer Jun players that played Jun back when it was good. And they're just like, I might play standard now that I can play with Liliana again. And I'm just like, all right, is Liliana really that good in standard? Uh, I don't know. I haven't played standard in, in like a good couple of years for sure. Uh, but I kind of can relate with your uh, with your friends there because I love mono black control playing that as a competitive type deck, mm-hmm. and this kind of feels like this could be a moment where we might see mono black control show up in standard. We'll see mm-hmm. though. So the the reason why we say that, and and I'm going to kind of switch things around a little bit. Wit, I'm sorry, but turn three Lilian of the of the Veil minus. Get rid of their biggest threat. Turn four, Shildred the Apocalypse plus on Lily. Each player discards a card. Yeah. Seems pretty good to me because then you get to draw a card and on the very next turn, they lose two life. You gain two life. It's, it's fantastic. I, I absolutely love it. I love that Children is one of those cards that just kind of fits into any mono black control that you're going to do. It has death touch. It can be out on the board. It's a big butt. And it's going to. That's, that's true. <laughs> so but, I could see this in standard. But one of the things I could also see is like in a death and taxes brew for commander, you know, somebody playing white and black together. You know, they're drawing some cards, they're destroying stuff 1v1. You know, it just seems like a pretty reasonable card to to have in a commander deck. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think Shoulder's great. I think, um, yeah, because anything with wheel effects especially. So, like, I know this is a deck that probably doesn't see as much play compared to when it was first released many years ago, but Nekuzar is going to absolutely be in love with Shoulder. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I will say going back to standard though, you know, how cool would it be instead that on turn two, you play the Raven man, which is a new card that came out. Um, cause the Raven man says it's two mana. Uh, it's a two one. And it says basically at the beginning of each end step, if a player discarded a card this turn, create a bird that can't block. And then, so with discarding, you're creating birds. And then also in turn, that also allows you to sack the birds off to Lily you know, I'll get rid of your opponent's creatures as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So again, I would say that with the Raven man, with Lily, with children, and also, uh, I know it's not on our list, but also braids. Mm. Um, I think we could potentially Brave. see mono black become kind of a thing, or at least black combined with something else. So, yeah, I love braids. Braids is a fantastic card. I know that people hate playing against it, and I actually cut braids from my cube because people just would never pick it, and they didn't want to play with it. Mm. Um, I'm I'm talking about Cabal Minion, but now we have Braids Arisen Nightmare. At the beginning of your end step, you may sacrifice an artifact, creature, enchantment, land, or planeswalker. If you do, each opponent may sacrifice a permanent that shares a card type with it, for each player that doesn't, they lose two life, and you get to draw a card. That's the card I want to play. You know, I want to force somebody to think about if they can sacrifice a land or not. That's true. Yeah. Or make them say, or even to just go with something like if you have treasures or just the creature tokens mm-hmm. uh, from, oh gosh, uh, from the Raven Man. There, there's a lot of ways I think where braids could become a bit more of a thing. I mean, I don't know if she would make the final cut. I personally would love her, especially in commander because, you know, for each opponent who doesn't, that player loses two life and you draw a card. So if you have a bunch of opponents who are like, yeah, I'm not ditching my lands, you could, you know, make them lose two life. And let's say if three opponents, you could be drawing three cards. Yeah. This seems absolutely amazing and, and interesting to me. I definitely want to be, want to be brewing with this. And I think this, uh, this braids may actually make the cut in my cube. So I, I feel like that's acceptable. So <laughs> I like uh, the Raven man. I like braids. I like Shildred. I like everything we've talked about so far, but what there's a card that you've been talking about for a while that you've been wanting to build around. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say a while, but I, I've been talking about it a lot since it got revealed, uh, Dryra ageless innovator. It, so, it must have it must have been a while because you talked about it for maybe ten minutes in the pre-show. So <laughs> ah, maybe that's okay. why. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, like so. Yeah. She. Uh, I'm a big. I I've always loved Dwyer cards because she's like both of the previous copies that we've had um, were fantastic. Like one of my first commanders was the was Dwyer, the one that suspends things. Uh, yeah. It was just always so cool to. You know, throw some. You know, throw something like an Eldrazi or mass land destruction or something. You know, some of the most evil spells on the planet, and you make it yep. cool. Uh, it'll come out in four turns, and people freak out. Uh, then, of course, you got the one that cast a historic spell. You draw a card, and then this one, um, it costs two mana, which is a blue and a red. It's a two three. She says you put two, and en- she has a tap ability that says put two ingenuity counters on Dwyra. Then you may put an artifact with a mana value X or less from your hand onto the battlefield where X is the number of ingenuity counters on Dwyra. So she is, in to some degree, an Aether vial for artifact. I mean, obviously a bit different because she's a creature. She has colors, um, but the what makes her a bit better than 
Aether file, though, is she gets two counters and she doesn't have to exa- you don't have to exactly match the amount of counters on her like Aether Vial does. Because Aether Vial, if you have three counters on it, you have to you can only bring up something that is three mana. With Dryra, if you have, you know, six counters on it, you are not stuck with just playing your worm coil engine. You could play something that is three or four mana or whatever else. So you could slap down a um solemn sumulogram. So yeah, she's kind of probably my favorite card that was spoiled today. Yeah. So what kind of what kind of artifacts are you looking to play with this? In blue red, you know, in commander, you're probably doing what? Um you probably want to be drawing cards and trying to go infinite with it. I am not sure yet. Um it, this is kind of more of the player side of me, just looking forward to brew it. Uh, at when it comes to like speculation of like what cards to grab and whatever else, I don't, I can't think of anything that Juara brings up specifically that's like new to the table because we've got so many artifact things already out there. So, but I would say keep an eye on seeing, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know yet. There, there's probably some things out there, but I just haven't seen it yet. Yeah, seems pretty awesome. One of the cards. Yeah, I I played with a number of different cards throughout my years, and I I actually challenged a client of mine once. So I use I use magic as a uh, coping skill with some of my clients, and we decided that we were going to play Popper, uh, Commander. So it had to be every card had to be common, and this was before, uh, before legendary creatures were. You, you could find quite a few at Uncommon. So I grabbed Stang for my original Pauper Commander. And and so Stang has, has one of those cards that is just something that's interesting to me. And right here, we're looking at Stang the Echo Warrior. Whenever Stang the Echo Warrior attacks, create a Stang Twin, a legendary 3-4 red and green human warrior creature token. It enters the battlefield tapped and attacking. For each aura and equipment attached to Stang, create a token that's a copy of it and attach it to the Stang twin. Sacrifice all tokens created this way at the beginning of the next end step. That's wow. cool. Yeah, that's that's huge because I don't think there's really anything else out there that allows you to copy not just the creature but everything attached. So that makes Voltron really interesting for staying because you could slap a whole bunch of, you know, super cheap enchantments like Rancor and Skull Clamp or whatever. I mean, whatever you got, whatever one, two, three mana things you could throw on there, make it massive, swing it out. And then you have a copy of not just staying, but everything that's copied as well. So yeah, I, I when I saw that, I was like, "That's gonna be." I think there's gonna be a lot of things people trying to play, trying to play saying. Like, I'm a little bit speechless yeah. on this card. So the reason why I, I pointed out is because there is some rule breaking in it. There's in the rulings there will have to be something that says, "All right, Stang Echo Warrior is a legendary creature, but when you create the token, what's going to happen with?" with the legendary rule. So you're going to have to figure out probably through the rulings, if that creature, which creature stays around, it's kind of interesting. Well, the, uh, 
So it says whenever attacks create a Stang Twin, a legendary 3-4 run. So the, the other creature is called Stang Twin. So it's oh, okay. copying itself, but it's not a f- actual copy copy. So There it's, you go. Yeah, Watsy didn't mess up this time, I think. Well, yeah. yeah. This time. This time. It'll be all right. I, I missed the fact that Twin was capitalized. So <laughs> that's, that's always good. Speaking of commanders, though, uh, I got another one that I... Br- uh, that I suggest also on a side note for those listening in, um, there are tons and tons and tons of new spoilers. Cause as Ken said at the start, uh, there are like 44 and even so uh, we're seeing more and more pop up on the, uh, spoiler channel. So we just both picked like five or six that we each like that we thought was awesome. So we're not covering all of them today, but we are covering at least a couple that we think is either noteworthy or a favorite, for example, Dryra. Um, but, one of the ones that I picked, uh, I, I really like Zur Eternal Schemer. So for those who don't know who that is, it's it's an Esper color, three mana c- commander. It's a one four flying. And it's just kind of cool because it says enchantment creatures you control have death touch, lifelink and hex proof. So and then for two mana, you can turn a non aura enchantment into a creature until end of turn. Um, oh, wait, it doesn't say to end of turn. So never mind. You just turn it straight up into an actual creature uh, mm-hmm. base power and toughness equal to its mana value. So things like seal, you know, like seal of removal or whatever, it becomes like, I think a two, two or one, one, something like that. So, and they all have, they all have death touch, lifelink, hex proof, and the ability is not a sorcery speed. So I don't know. I think like, I'm not sure how much it's going to see play, but at least as a, you know, a face value, this looks like a very interesting creature. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I I actually really like it. Um, I kind of think this leans towards uh, towards almost a humility esque um, effect because it's one in a white, and then it turns the non aura enchantment into a creature, and so it it kind of creates that that layers effect that some people want in Magic. They want they want to be able to see how that the the dependencies work, how different cards interact with each other. And it just becomes a really interesting thought process for people in it. It'll throw people off in how they, in how they run this. Yeah. Uh, it's basically an opalescence, so to speak. Um, yeah. it'll be a, Yeah. So, and plus, you know, you could use a lot of the same kit from the originals or a lot of that stasis type, cards and whatever else and you can go ahead and really cause a lot of problems so yeah yeah, needless to say it'll be very interesting to see what people do with it yeah it should be a whole lot of fun to watch one of the cards that i've been interested in is called the world spell the world spell is really it's just a solid edh card so in the big green decks for edh what you want is is lands and you want creatures. And you want to figure out ways to get those creatures onto the battlefield. So the world spell is an enchantment saga that allows you to look at the top seven of your cards and reveal the non-saga permanent card from among them and put it into your hand. And then you get to put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So you can find a creature, you can find a, a planeswalker, you can find a land, you can find... Um, a non-saga. You could find enchantments with this and 
artifacts. So you can pretty much search up anything except for another enchantment or a, or a saga. That, that is something that I want to do. And looking at seven cards is significant. So you get to do it twice. And then on turn three, on the third turn that you have this spell out there, you can put two non-saga permanent cards from your hand onto the battlefield. Yeah, yeah, I'll be. I'm I'm a bit mixed on it to be honest. So, because on the one side, um, one thing that makes this card interesting is that it has an ability called Read Ahead, which allows you to, you don't have to have this go. You know, start with, on you know the first one, it can go on the second or third, ch- you know, chapter if you will. Yeah. So on the one, so on the one side, you can pay the seven mana and just slap two non-saga permanents from your hand to the battlefield. So that could be some sort of like. We, you know, I mean, you could, I mean, this is the first one that just comes to mind, but like Kiki Jiki was zealous conscript. You could be like, cool, seven mana. I play this and pretty much win the game. So that's a possibility. Uh, the downside to it, I would say though, I mean, it's green, which that's not the downside, um, but it is a seven mana spell. So it's one of these cards, right? It's like, I could see this being, you know, at least a five or $6 card in, you know, in pre-order, but will this become just a, sort of a bulkish mythic or will it actually grab the attention of enough players where it becomes like a $10 card? I, I can't say for certain I'm, I'm a bit bearish on it, but it is a cool card though. So like that's one I'd be, it'd be one I'd be willing to try out. Yeah. As a hot take, um, Reed loves green and this is a better spell than, than anything. It gives you benefit and on, and when you have seven mana out, it just seems reasonable. You know, to be able to on turns, you know, on your ramp turn to be able to, to cast this and get a couple of creatures seems great to me. Yeah. Um, again, I'm not saying it's a bad card, but I'm just wondering if it's going to be like, you know, I don't know if this would ever, would would be like a chase mythic for the set, but it, it is a fun commander card. I think at least. Yeah. So it's going to be one of those, I guess, kind of wait and see, but yeah, I do like the card though. Uh, a card I want to kind of bring up though, um, Defiler of Dreams was one that uh, caught my attention during the stream. So it's a five mana, four three blue flying creature. It says, and with flying, and what it says is that it has as an additional cost to cast blue permanent spells. You may pay two life, and those spells cost one uh, one blue less. Okay, like long story short, all your blue spe- all your blue permanent spells. Um, ha- turn your islands into like turn your blue mana s- symbols into Phyrexian mana, uh, similar to what Kirik does. And then whenever you cast a blue permanent spell, you draw a card. Okay, so so it costs <laughs> a blue less if you paid two life this turn this way. So let's let's say as an additional cost to cast blue permanent spells okay you may pay two life you may pay two life that that's pretty cool um this is one of those cost reduction you know cards that that makes life interesting you know (laughs) i just love it you know anytime that you can get cheaper spells i love it yeah i mean there's a reason why Kirik is such a well, such an amazing card uh, for black. I mean, obviously it's legendary and it has other abilities on top of it, but this, 
this is something for blue. And this is a card that for permanence, because and also you're drawing cards as well whenever you cast whenever you cast a blue permanent spell. So that's not, you know, so even if it's countered, you're still drawing a card. It's if you're playing a blue, some sort of blue de- a blue deck with a lot of permanence, um, that's just a lot of mana value. I mean, especially if you're playing like Simic, that's just constant, constant value. Uh, making your spells cheaper. I mean, you get the idea. It's so it's a card that I'm. I don't know if it's going to be like some super expensive card over time, but that's one that I have a very hard time seeing this as just a bulk. Like I don't think this will be a bulk rare. If no. if for some odd reason it's ever like pre-orders at like ninety nine cents, I'll probably go ahead and buy like fifty of them. I I think it seems pretty cool. I that's that's exactly where I would go with it. Uh, the card that I want to talk about is a Johnny Sleeper Agent. Now, this is a completed card, meaning you know you can play green or white or two life. And his plus one is reveal cards, uh, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature or planeswalker card, put it into your hand. Otherwise, you may put it on the bottom of your library. So, uh, a scry effect with a dr- potential draw. Then the minus three is distribute three plus one plus one counters among them to three target creatures, up to three target creatures. They gain vigilance until end of turn. And then you're minus six. You get an emblem. Whenever you cast a creature or planeswalker spell, target opponent gets two poison counters. (laughs) So it starts off at four, starts off at four, but If we're getting back into poison, what's going to happen with the other poison effects on Dominaria? We'll have to find out. Well, here's poison. There has to be so much more to it. You know, I, I, think, about, I think about blue and green being the poison cards, but now we're seeing a Johnny with white. That's yeah. pretty cool. I will say, though, Seeing a Johnny show up, seeing this card show up now, I'm actually kind of sad though, because it would have been fun to have a standard deck that was both with a, you know, having both a Johnny and Finn the Fangbearer both in standard <laughs> would have been so cool because you would have two areas where you have poison coming in. Uh, I will say we've had white cards with infect before in New Phyrexia. I mean, I don't think, hmm. I don't think any of them were really that noteworthy. So, but yeah, yeah. seeing it with white though, it, it is. It is a bit not interesting, and given that our upcoming next couple of sets have a lot of Phyrexia stuff coming up, um, I have no doubt that this won't be the last time we see Poison. But I gotta ask, Father Ken, uh, I know that you're a big Johnny fan. How do you feel about him turning to the dark side, if you will? Like, you doing okay there, buddy? Man, no, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not okay. All right, Someone first give off, this man a hug. First off, green. You know, a Johnny's buff. He's swole. And then like, white. Like you. White. You know, he's supposed to be a good guy. And he's not. So where's the black? Where's the where's the distortion on him? Like, I'm gonna play him in a good guy deck. He goes right into super friends. Like, complete super friend. But he's like super friend double agent. And it's horrible feeling. Who would have thought that the stalwart warrior Ajani would turn to the dark side? 
and it makes you super sad. It does. It does. Well, maybe <laughs> maybe he'll have a redemption thing. I mean, Lily did, so. But you know what, did, though? Did she? Did well, she? I mean, you know, she's, she's, you know. <laughs> I really, I really think <laughs> that Wizards of the Coast is pushing the color definitions right now. That is a big concern for me. That some of the colors are being warped in ways that break out of their typical identity. And one of those cards is a card that you've picked. Yup. So uh, one card, and this is also uh, Pride's one of Pride's favorite cards from this set for what we've seen. And it's surprisingly not a black card. I mean, Pride is a big fan of the uh, of mono black cards, but this card is blue. And it's called the Phasing of Zulfir. So it is a four mana saga enchantment with read ahead, which again, it allows you to skip chapters from the saga. Uh, so the part, the first and second chapter says another target non-land permanent phases out. It can't phase in as long as you control this enchantment. So which that's pretty cool. That's interesting. But the third part of this is what really makes this interesting. And especially since you can jump straight to it, and it says destroy all creatures. For each creature destroyed this way, its controller creates a black, a 2-2 black Phyrexian creature token. So, ladies and gentlemen, blue has a Wrath of God. Kind of. And is an enchantment form. So, and I'm going to just go ahead and say straight up that the card, I mean, this was mentioned in the Discord, so this is not my, this is not my creativity. I wasn't the one that thought of this. I forgot who was, but that per- but it was someone here within BAM. They said, hey, uh, you know what card really goes well with this? I mean, it's not blue. It's what it's what, you know, goes into the white element and that is going to be hall of Heliod's generosity, which means you have a recurrable, uh, somewhat recurrable enchant, um, wrath of God. So yeah, this card I think is going to, if this card's bonkers, this card's straight up bonkers. Uh, yeah. what, what, what's your thoughts? I, I just think that, you know, I think there's enough cards in commander that you can break this card pretty easily in blue and, and you can pick your color that goes with it, but you can break it pretty easily now and, and just make it so that nobody gets anything, you know, you know, uh, but at the same time, I, I think that in standard, it's going to be one of those cards that, that people are going to want to play, you know, it's going to be something that people want to have in their hand. Uh, in mono blue control or blue white control or you know black we, control blue black control because everything is just changing right now the the whole scope of standard the whole scope of pioneer is going to be shifted by this by these cards and I absolutely love it and I love that we get an opportunity to benefit off of it as as financiers you know we are people that are playing the the finance game and we're trying to figure out all right what cards are going to go with this that are going to be broken yeah i mean it's, it's d- good it's good to think about mm-hmm. so and a couple of the cards to note that is coming up in this set as well um just to kind of breeze over real quick we also have the return of the painlands kind of from what we saw that was announced was we saw six of the ten painlands so there are four that are awol but for the most part, that is going to be probably, we'll probably see the other four show up uh, in an upcoming set, maybe the Brothers War. 
but uh, we do have that as a new mana band. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, I believe we got some new Commander Precon. Yeah, there's uh, a couple of Commander Precons. Uh, Jared Carthelion, I believe Jared is the five-color uh, legendary Planeswalker. Yeah. I haven't read all the details on it, but when you can plus it and get a 3-3 Kavu creature with Trample, that that seems pretty good, you know? And then you minus, and, and you get to choose up to two target creatures, and each of them put a number of plus one, plus one counters equal to the number of co- colors it is. So you plus it on your turn, and then you minus it on the next turn, and you've got an 8-8 Kavu. Seems good. That's kind of cool. That's pretty sweet, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, if you need a commander, uh, you just go to Jared. Yep. And because, uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> he, <laughs> he went to Jared. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a terrible joke. Uh, it's, it's bad. Yeah. But, you know, you play this with Minsk and Boo, and all of a sudden you're throwing a, you're throwing a really big, big hamster around. Seems good. It's true. You also got uh, the, uh, the other precon uh, leader is also Diada, Finder of Wills. Uh, it's cost four mana. It's a uh, Mardu color, so red, black, white. It's four mana. Uh, it says up, up uh, for plus two, up to one target legendary creature gains vigilance, lifelink, and indestructible until your next turn. So good way to defend yourself. Minus three, reveal the top four cards of your library. Put any number of legendaries among them into your hand. Rest of your graveyard. Or, yeah, and you get a treasure token for each card put in your graveyard. So you get some value. The minus 11, you gain control of all non-land permanents until, until end of turn. Untap, they gain haste. So kind of an insurrection. Not bad. I think the minus 11 isn't like that super fantastic. I mean, it's good. It's, I mean, you better mm-hmm. be winning the game at that point. But the plus two and minus three, it's a great tempo for a commander. I think it'll... I mean, I think that and Jared are both going to see plenty of play. And we also see other commanders in here like uh, Savitri, which is another Planeswalker. And right. You, yeah, there's legends there's, galore. Yeah, and there's plenty to to just jump on. Uh, there's plenty of, of flavor available. There's plenty of story. There's a lot of stuff that's going on throughout the whole um, throughout the whole storyline, and it's it's one of those things where it just seems like this world motif has been pushed for so long, but we're gonna hang on to it for the next what couple of months, almost a year. Yeah, I mean, we're starting to we're starting to see things come together a lot more um, because, as we said earlier on, uh, we saw the, the the whole lineup for 2023, English is hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. Twenty twenty three, we see the lineup, and it looks like after Dominaria, we have the Brothers War, and then from there, we're going into more and more of Phyrexia. So I think. Yeah. Based on what we see, it looks like Watsy's trying to do something similar to what we saw with War of the Spark, uh, where things are starting to come to a grand finale. So I mm. hope they do a good job. Personally, I think that it feels a bit rushed again. Uh, I feel like this is something that they could have milked for a long time. I would have loved if we went to Eldrain and Ixalan and heck, even Ravnica and saw more of the of that conflict between um the you know the Gatewatch versus the Phyrexians, you know all the local good guys versus the Phyrexians, and maybe even saw some crazy plot twists like Emrakul gets corrupted, or you know. So with I, this world motif being pushed, 
quite a bit. I'm wondering if these worlds are just going to come to a head at some point and you're going to see people in different universes coming in and the battle being fought against the, the entire multiverse. When you say from other universes, are we talking about like characters coming in or? Well, what I'm, what I'm wondering is, you know, what's going on in, in Eldraine? You know, oh, that, what's okay. happening in Ixalan? What's happening in Dominaria? What's happening in, happening in Mirrodin? Because all of these worlds are kind of rubbing up against each other. And all of these planeswalkers are jumping from multiverse to multiverse to figure out what's really going on in those areas. Like we could go back to Ikoria. We could go to Ixalan. And well, what's, what's the other one? Um, uh, Ixalan. Where all those, no, those beautiful, beautiful filigree, uh, um, thopters that we had. Uh, are you talking about, uh, about say Kaladesh? Yes. We could be seeing things happen in Kaladesh as well. So I'm just, my mind is kind of running a little bit wild with all the worlds that we've visited so far. And we've spent a lot of time in Ravnica over the past several years, a lot of time in Dominaria now going back to maybe Mirrodin. And then we're jumping into Eldraine and Ixalan at the same time. All of these cards, you know, all of this play style, is is going to be interesting to watch. I know from a player perspective, everybody is excited to move on to a new standard. I've been talking with stores. I've been talking with players. They're tired of wondering if they can even find cards from the sets that they never bought packs from. They're tired of, of having to spend money on the really good uh, commons and uncommons because they don't want to crack backs from the sets that they missed out on over the last couple of years. And so they're kind of trying to ask, answer those questions of, all right, can we get standard back up and running? We've, we've been playing for almost a year now. Can we get back into the source and play standard? And if you remember before COVID, there were so many bannings of cards. Like, <laughs> you, yeah, that was interesting. You start playing Oko and, you know, everybody's chasing Oko and it's a, it was a format warping card. Yes. Everybody agrees to that, but everybody bought them so that they could play them in standard and then it's banned and then they ban something else and something else gets banned. And you know, everybody's just wondering, all right, do I really want to spend money on standard? Yeah, that is the, yeah, I mean, you what Watson needs to do to to get standard back up and running is they need to make it attractive again. Um, yeah. It's hard enough. There's still groups of people who are still leery and cautious regarding um, regarding the pandemic, but you know, so trying to get them back in. Also, conventions are having the same issues. So, but yeah, you you need they need to make. I mean, even before COVID, stand, standard was just not attractive for a lot of people. I think it's been what four five, six years since standard was actually like attractive. So hopefully this will do the trick. Hopefully what they do from here on out. I mean, I think cards like, you know, as you said earlier on, like Liliana the veil, that is something that is attracting certain people within your group. So who knows? Maybe this might, uh, maybe this might be the set. I mean, Dominaria did great back in this time. So hopefully Dominaria United will the players once more for standard. 
Yep. One of the things we want to point out is that we're not encouraging people to speculate on cards that they don't want to own. Each person has to follow their own methodology for buying and selling cards. And we have some people within our Discord that are crack packers. We have some people that speculate on standard, which every time I've, I've tried to speculate on standard, I've, I've generally lost. Um, except when I bought the great hand jet, you know, five bucks a piece. So, um, nice. but when you think about, when you think about speculating, when you think about finance, you have to follow your own pattern to be able to get the cards that you want and to be able to turn around and push them out. A win for some people in our, in our discord is the fact that they are store owners and standard sells packs people if a store runs standard they will have money coming in and going out like nothing yeah people love modern yes they do you know why because they already own it but if you can get a standard format running in your shop you're going to make more money than anything else but standard needs to be attractive for that to work effectively so until that happens um you know, standard still kind of just floats in the water. Mm-hmm. So. so we've talked about a number of different things. Uh, one of the things I want to mention today is that we have Doctor Who meeting Commander right now. Um, we're seeing people pop up on Twitter over the past couple of weeks, and they're talking about the different cards, well, mainly today, about the cards that they love to design for Doctor Who in commander and so it's a five it's a five deck set and i'm just gonna buy all five as soon as i can like i'm gonna go back to to some of our our resources and just look at them and say i need the five doctor who sets so is our father ken a Whovian? my family is and so by proxy my kids are super excited to play with the decks. And so I'm going to buy them. I'm going to sleeve them up. I'm going to let the kids play with them for a little while. And when I talk about my kids, my kids are, you know, 20 to 15. So they're going to play the cards and then we're going to sell it as soon as they get bored. Uh-huh. But so, I but, think it's reasonable to, to speculate on the whole set. But note, you did not say no. So let it be audio <laughs> confirmed that Father Ken is indeed a Whovian. So, ladies and gentlemen, a round of applause. <laughs> yes, there we go. Um, another thing we have coming up is um, uh, we have a new term set that's called Universes Beyond. So they, um, so we all know that we have some uh, sets coming up that are beyond the um, – Magic the Gathering universe, and one of the sets coming up that the we have been hearing about today is the Lord of the Rings expansion. It is coming out in quarter three in 2023. This will be a modern legal set, which means it'll also probably show up on Arena. Um, so that's one that's going to be very, very exciting. We've heard about this about a year ago, in fact. So this is a set that's been very hyped, very anticipated. We're still a little ways away because... Again, quarter three next year, so we're waiting for one more year. But um, I'm just going to say right now, this is probably going to be one of the most, um, one of the best sets I think that they'll ever make. I mean, in regards to collectability, because they can make booster boxes a thousand dollars, and people are still going to buy. Yep. So. Yeah, this yeah, is another. This is another expansion that I'm I'm going to buy into. Like, 
I think it's fantastic. Yeah, same here. I think like once collector booster boxes are up, I'm going to probably pre-order more than I've ever before because we've seen a lot of hype with like things like the Walking Dead before uh, with mm-hmm. the secret layer. That was you know that was a nice catch. Walking Dead has a fan base beyond Magic the Gathering, which that was what made it attractive to people outside of Magic. But with Lord of the Rings, this has a much larger, much wider fan base. So. I have no doubt that anything collectible from this set is going to be a must grab. Yeah. With that being said, um, this Lords of the Ring expansion is going to be modern legal, which I don't think people really remember. It's also going to be on arena, which means historic and potentially other formats are going to be affected by it. I think it's great. I really look forward to to seeing this set in people's hands. I want to see the hype around it. I want to see things things happen, especially by the fact that we're getting uh, the Similarian episodes on online. They're being released right now, and it's just building hype for uh, for the whole realm of world that JRR Token put together. I love it. So. Yeah, so take note for those who are listening in. Um, there is a lot of product that was re- talked about today. There's a lot of stuff coming up ahead. Um, there's a lot of things that are that are. I mean, a lot, there's just so much hype all across the board. So this could lead to wall fatigue. But I would say that um, make decisions carefully uh, with everything coming up ahead. Because again, um, all of this sounds amazing, but not everything's going to be a home run. So. As you're making financial decisions from here, you know, in regards to everything coming up, including Dominary United, including hearing Liliana the Veil coming out and all these new cards, um, try not to let your emotions run wild. Try to make good decisions. Um, you know, weigh your options and plan ahead. Because, yeah, there is, on the one side, this lineup is fantastic. There's a lot of amazing stuff up ahead. But also, you know, not everybody can sync, you know, a couple grand in every in every single thing and come out of a winner. So yeah. So I want to thank you for taking time to join us today, Wit, and I want to thank you at home that are listening or wherever you are in this world. Thanks for taking time to join us here on Breakfast with Ben. It's our desire to be able to provide you with education and knowledge to make the best financial decisions that you can for your business and for your life especially when it comes to Magic the Gathering and collectible finance. So I want to thank you for joining us. I hope you have a good rest of your day. Take care, y'all.